Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So Jesus was telling us here in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus departed from the temple and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. They were just doing a little sightseeing. You know, sometimes when we travel to other places, wow, that building's been there for, you know, 800 years. It's kind of hard for us to fathom buildings being here for 800 years here in America. You know, in fact, there probably aren't any buildings here that have been here for 800 years. But there have been some buildings that have been built over in Europe and other places that have been around for a long time. And the architect is just amazing. And uh, as an engineer, sometimes I like to look, go and look. And, and um, you know, we think that we're so smart in the generation that we live. But I want to tell you, there were some brilliant people who knew how to, you know, work the wind system through, you know, tunnel systems and things like that and bring in what we would call modern air conditioning and and uh, steam baths and things like that. It was just amazing how the ingenuity that they had. And so he said, do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you that not one stone will be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So, boy, I tell you what a, you know, rain on my picnic. You know, here I am out there enjoying the buildings. And Jesus said, well, there's going to come a day that this is all going to be destroyed, guys. So as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be. What will be the sign? Say sign. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. That's so important. That's so very, very important. You know, because we got to understand that there's a spirit of deception out there today. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. And so, you know, that, that one really threw me for a loop for many years because I thought, well, you know, I don't think anybody could come and say, I'm Jesus, and I'd follow him. You know, I mean, I'm, I got too much revelation of the word. That wouldn't happen. But, you know, the anointed one. And there are people who start out in the kingdom of God, and they are very anointed. But sometimes, you know, when especially when people aren't committed to you know, to be taught or to have a proper covering in their lives, they'll crash and burn. They'll mislead people, you know. And so we have to be careful. And you know, what is the Spirit of the Lord saying? If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you know, then let it alone. You know, I was listening to Brother Jerry Savelle the other day, and he said one of the things that Brother Kenneth Copeland taught him was learn how to turn a deaf ear to some things, you know. And, and, and the second thing, if, if you don't understand it, don't criticize it because, you know, a lot of times, you know, put it on a shelf. You know, God, God can bring his word to pass. How many of you know that God's big enough to bring his word to pass? You know, in fact, the scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. That's why it's so important that we learn to speak the word of God. Because as we speak the word of God, God's watching that word and he wants to perform it. And he wants to perform it in your life. Isn't that wonderful? So he went on to say these things, and so take heed, no one to deceive you. Many will come, uh, many will come. We're anointed. Oh, the anointings here, the anointings there. Well, you don't really want to chase the anointing. You want to stay planted where God has you so you can bloom. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. How many of you have heard some things that, you know, have gone on in these last maybe 24 months 
and you know, someone saying this is happening and this is happening and that's happening and this is happening. And it's almost like putting fear in you. It's like, really? Is this really happening in our nation? Are these things really going on? You know, well, the truth is that if you can't prove it, don't repeat it. Boy, that's a good teaching, Pastor. Thank you so much. If you can't prove it, it's not worth repeating. If you didn't see it happen, don't say it again. One of the things I learned, you know, years ago, and that is not to repeat what somebody else told me that they saw or they heard. Because you know what? I don't know how they perceived it. And so I found myself repeating a couple times what somebody told me this as if it was fact and found out it was a lie. And so unfortunately, I had to go back and repent because I lied because I repeated what somebody else said that wasn't true. And so I've learned years ago not to repeat other things. Don't let rumors dictate you. Let the Word of God dictate you. Let the Word of God lead you. There are going to be a lot of rumors out there. There are going to be a lot of hearsay out there. But don't let it bother you. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famine, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. Well, this is so interesting because what this really means is that race will rise against race. Wasn't that beautiful what Pastor Vicky did today? Hey, man, I tell you what, I'm so thankful that I pastor a church, a multi-ethnicity church, amen. In other words, I pastor a church of color, glory to God, you know, and I love it. I love it, you know, and I know heaven's here, and, and uh, I don't know who else is here, but heaven was here, and, and uh, she and three other students were in class, and they were all children, uh, children of color. And I walked in one day, and, and I looked at them, and they knew something was stirring my heart. And finally, I just said, I said, look, I just want to tell you something. If I ever hear that you feel like something stopped you or you can't do what you're supposed to do because of the color of your skin, I will beat you like a stepchild. Do you understand that? (laughs) Yes, pastor, yes. You know, don't let the color of your skin stop you. Don't let your religion stop you. Don't let your faith stop you. Don't let the opinion of what other people, that's all racism is, is the opinion of somebody else. And you know what their opinion, let me tell you how much their opinion's worth. You couldn't make a withdrawal on it if you went to the bank. Because there's nothing there, you know, and that's what we have to learn. We have to learn not to allow the, the opinion of others mold us. We need to allow what God says about us to mold us and to create us. Each and every one of you were created to be a world shaker and a history maker. Tell your neighbor I'm talking about you. He's talking about you. You're a world shaker, a history maker. See, you can be what God calls you to be. You can do all things. You can do all things. And this is the perception God wants us to have. So Jesus said, this will happen, and this will be the beginning of sorrows, and they'll deliver you over for tribulation and kill you and be hated by all nations and for my name's sake. And many will be offended and betray one another. And that's what usually happens when somebody takes an offense. That's why I said, let no one deceive you. Because usually when someone's offended, when they take an offense, not, not offended, but when they take an offense, when they make a decision based on an offense, you know, that's probably contrary to the will of God. So when they make a decision based on a, uh, an offense that's contrary to the will of God, usually it's because they're deceived. They can't see the whole picture. They don't see, they don't know the whole situation. But it happens. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of a lawless will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But this is the good news. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. 
How will it be preached? As a what? Come on, help me. As a what? As a witness. Oh, it won't be just taught, will it? That means it'll be demonstrated. You know who's going to demonstrate it? Not me, but you are. You're going to demonstrate the gospel, the good news. In other words, you're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. Amen? You're going to go in and speak a blessing in a situation. And because of the authority that God's given you at your workplace, God's going to turn things around for that place. You're going to change things. You're going to make a difference in this world. You know, there's a prophecy that I'm going to share with you in just here in a moment, but the favor of God is going to be so much on your life that people are going to be drawn to you. And they're going to go, I want what you have. That's a prophecy that was spoken here not too long ago. Well, pastor, all those things that have to happen, you know, but how is the end going to be, uh, how, how, how are we going to be able to be saved to the end? Well, go with me to John chapter 14. And this is where this message starts to really need to be practiced in our lives. And Jesus said this in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let me stop and back up here a little bit. Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus didn't say, oh, I pray that, you know, your heart will be, you know, just guarded and that no harm will ever come to your emotions or your soul. No, he didn't say that. He gave us a responsibility by saying, you don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, if he said that, then we have the ability not to let our hearts be troubled. He said, don't let it happen. Don't let your heart be troubled. And he goes, if you believe, in, you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the, where you're coming from. How can we know? And Jesus said, and I love this, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, in my master's program, I did a a study on uh, world religion, and none of the other philosophers, Buddha didn't say this, Muhammad didn't say this, Harry Krishnas didn't say this, Scientology didn't say this, Jesus said, I am the way. None of the other philosophers said they were the way, but Jesus said, I am the way. Isn't it something that we don't have a day to celebrate the birth of Buddha. We don't have a day to celebrate the day, uh, the birth of Muhammad, but the whole world stops to celebrate the birthday of Jesus. He must be the Son of God. He has to be the Son of God. And I believe with my whole heart, He is the Son of God. But the message Bible says it like this. Don't let this rattle you. Don't, don't, don't let this, you know, uh, get yourself in a fit here. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room in my Father's home. Now, where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God's within, the Bible says. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, when we see in the scripture where it says, you know, these people won't inherit the kingdom of God if they do these particular things, it's not necessarily saying they're going to go to hell. What it means is that they won't experience the kingdom of God. And Romans says the kingdom of God's not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Ghost. Why is that so important? Well, righteousness is knowing that you're in right standing with God. All right? You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about righteousness around Christmas time. And it comes in uh, the song about Santa Claus. You better not pout. You better not, what? I forget. Cry. Better not something. I'll tell you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. What is that song really doing? Hey, the gooder you are, the more presents you'll get. Isn't that what it's teaching us? The better we are, the more presents we get. You know, almost puts us in this uh, a state of mind that if we don't get the same amount of presents as somebody else's, that we weren't good enough. Isn't that what it does? You know? And so what we have to understand is that God made every one of us good enough. That's what righteousness is. He put you in right standing with him. And that's why it's so important. This is what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, knowing that you're in right standing with him. Even though you may have sinned, even though you may have missed it, the word of God says that he has freely justified you. And that's so powerful because you're his son. You're his, his daughter. You know, when we, we raised our kids, and we didn't have perfect children, even though they had perfect parents. We don't understand what happened. But, you know, they weren't perfect. But, you know, when we get together and we love on them and we love on our grandkids, we don't sit there and think about all the wrong things they've done in life. We, we, it doesn't even enter our minds. Why? Because they're our children. And this is the way God is with you. You're his child. He, you're his beloved. He loves you. And he put you in right standing with him. And so that's part of the kingdom of God is knowing that you're in right standing with him. And why is that so important? Because how you perceive yourself is how you're going to be able to receive from him. How you perceive is how you receive. How do you perceive yourself? Do you perceive yourself in right standing with God? Because God put you there. God made a way for you to be in right standing with him. In John 1, 12, it says, as many as received him, he gave them the right, is what that word means. I know the King James says power, but that's the authority that you can act upon to be called the sons of God. You know, and, you know, when, when our children come to our house, you know, Vicky's like, ask them what they want. You know, they want Dr. Pepper. What kind of creamer they want for their coffee? What do they want to eat? You know, they're coming to our house, you know. I don't tell them what I want. I ask them what they want. Why is that? They're my family. And God's saying that to you. Hey, what do you want? I want to get it for you. I get so much joy and so much pleasure in being able to give to you and to bless you. I'm looking forward to it. They They don't say, well, you know, mom and dad, you know, do you think that we've been good enough kids to receive this? No, man, they give us a list. <laughs> Righteousness, peace. Peace is being complete. That's what it really means to be complete, to make you whole. That's God's plan for your life. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And God wants you to be happy. He doesn't want you to be sad. 
And so he said, let not your heart be troubled. So if you believe in me or believe in the Father, believe in me. Believe what I've done for you. Believe what I am doing for you. The, the Passion Translation says it like this. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Now, again, you know, I, uh, I had some time to stay home more this week just to recover. And so I did something I haven't done in a while. I turned the news on. Oh, my gosh. I think it's worse than it was the last time I turned the news on. I can't believe it. I got on Facebook and went through some things in faith. Oh, Lord. You know, we need revival. Our nation needs revival. You know, and, and I had to turn that off because I, I could tell, you know, my gosh, I didn't know it was that bad out there. But you know what? God has me in a cocoon. I don't have to know it's that bad out there. Hello, somebody. I don't have to get in agreement with what's going on in the world. I may be in this world, the scripture says, but I don't have to be of this world. Hello, somebody. Tell your neighbor that's good news. You don't have to be of this world. In other words, you don't have to participate if there's a recession. I don't know. I mean, I, I found out that many people are confused. Uh, we have inflation. We don't have inflation. We're having recession. We don't have recessions. Uh, we're having uh, higher prices in gasoline. Yes, we are having higher prices in gasoline. I can validate that one. You know, uh, interest rates are going up. Stock market's going down. Gold's losing its value. Oil's going to go up. Da, 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 da. And it's really, really bad out there. But I'm not out there. Amen. For they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I know that my God will take care of all of my needs. So I don't have to listen to what they're telling me. Amen. I just need to get back into that place where I'm in that secret place with God. Saying, God, what do you have for me? You know, just like my children. Lord, this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I like to have today. This is what I need to happen today. And, you know, God's listening to you because I'm in right standing with him. So let not your heart be troubled. And so we have to learn to live of life to say, you know what, when trouble starts, when things start to trouble our heart, and I realized that when I was watching the news, when things start to trouble your heart, don't listen to it. Sometimes it'd be really good just to turn off the news. Hello, somebody. You know, watch a good old Andy Griffin show. You know, everything turns out good with Andy Griffith and Leave It to Beaver. Did you notice that? They might get in trouble, but they always end up on the high side of victory. Well, one of the things that we need to do in order for us to not let our hearts be troubled is to live a life this way. Live a life this way. Other be, other words, be consistent to it. Hebrews chapter 12 says it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, I've been, been reading a, a new translation. and I changed over. I, I, I have a, a, the Bible Gateway app. And, and then I went ahead and purchased the extra stuff that goes with it. And when I did, uh, my reading plans is with a new translation I've never read through called The Names of God. And one of the names of God that's still new to me, even though I, I, I discovered it, you know, 10, 12 years ago, is uh, Jehovah Sabaoth. As that's the way it looks like it's pronounced. I think that the Hebrew pronunciation Sabah. But anyway, Jehovah Sabaoth is the way it looks to me. And so anyway, what it is is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. Did you know that you have a host of angels? 
did you know that they're here to serve you? That's what God says. God has a host. Well, who do you think this cloud of witnesses is here? That's the host that God has for you. You know, when you start declaring things, God's heavenly realm, things start happening in the heavenly realm where things start being put in place spiritually so that those things that you're declaring according to the will of God can come to pass. And he has a heavenly host. Now, the Lord just, you know, you may not think very well of me after I tell you this, but the Lord just kind of rebuked me just a few moments ago because I don't know if it was here or in my prayer this morning, but I was just saying, well, Lord, we had a general here. We had Dr. Jerry Savell, you know, he, and what are you? The army of God in emotion. And the Lord spoke to me and said, and what are you? You're a general. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but God called me a general. You're, gen- you're putting things in motion. You know, but he just added to it with his authority. You know, I mean, he just came in and just put things in motion. That what, that's what we're supposed to do. So who is this cloud of hosts? Well, that's, I mean, who is this cloud of witness? That's our host. And they already know God has a plan for us. So it says this, lay aside every weight. Does that sound like things that trouble your heart? Lay aside everything that troubles your heart. Put it, put it aside. You know, God, God has a way of taking care of things. He could take care of things. I'm not saying just go home and do nothing, but lay aside every way and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, endurance goes along with the same word, parallels with the same word. Just be consistent. You don't try this life of faith. You live this life of faith. You know, but you get there one day at a time, one step at a time, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you don't become, you know, uh, really in really good shape just because you go to the gym once. Hello, somebody. You know, you got to be consistent with this. And then when you reach a certain level, you got to continue to stay consistent to maintain that level. That's what's so important. And so you want, if you don't want your heart to be troubled, it's not just, well, I'm going to believe God till I get through these troubling times. No, you want to make it a lifestyle. Why? So that you can walk in a blessing on a habitual, uh, in a, in a, in, uh, on, a, on a habitual way all the time. That's what God wants for your life. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. The author here said, and I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible, says, remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. You know, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, you know, and and really started pressing into the things of God, there there were some people who didn't want to hang out with me. You know, called rejection. You know, now mine was a gradual kind of uh, uh, conversion. But you know, all of a sudden people don't, you know, it's not that they don't like me, but we don't have the same interests anymore. You know, and you know, one time I was, when I was working as an engineer, I was just, I was just trying to be polite. And I was just whistling uh, a, a, a hymn. You know, I wasn't, you know, just being myself. You know, and I'll never forget, you know, uh, this girl, 
you know, said, what are you whistling? I said, oh, I'm just whistling. And what is it? I said, she said, you're a Jesus freak. You're one of them, you know. It's like, oh, well, okay. And uh, kind of funny because she wasn't there at work next week and never showed up again. But I don't know what happened. I guess God removed her. I'm not sure. But I thought that was kind of funny. But, you know, people do criticize you. You know, they're, what are you doing? You know, you, you got religion. They call it religion. No, no. You have stepped into a relationship with the creator of the universe. Wow. And he has a plan for your life. And that's an awesome plan. Tell your neighbor he's got an awesome plan for you. Those were hard. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind, especially those who were, came out of Judaism. They went through a lot of persecution. Some days it was you. Other days, your friends. If some of your friends went to prison, you stuck by them. Some of your enemies broke in and seized your goods. You let them, do, let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch the real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you, and nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. I like that. Don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourself then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promise completion. The promise completion. Let me tell you what's going to happen to the people who endure to the end. We just read it. What's going to happen? They're going to be saved. Saved doesn't mean they're going to go to heaven. That means they're going to experience all the goodness of God. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, it, it's just the way it works. You know, if you want the blessing of God, you got to be committed. You got to stay in the race. You know, you don't have to be the fastest runner, you know, but you got to stay in there. You got to say, I'm going to make this a lifestyle. But you do that one day at a time. So you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. You know, isn't this something that when they wrote this 2,000 years ago, they thought Jesus was going to come back right then at that time? Well, you say, well, Pastor, when is Jesus coming back? Well, no man knows the hour. We don't really know. But this is how I've concluded it in my own life. I'm going to live as if Jesus is coming back any day. Amen? doesn't hurt anything, you know. He may come back today. Probably won't, but he could, you know. And anything's possible with God. I just want to be ready when he comes. And that's the that's life he wants us to live. And it just comes by just spending time with him, pressing into him. But anyone who is, and it goes on, it won't be long now, he's on the way. He'll show up almost any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. In other words, he says, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the ways. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor you're not a quitter, but you're a winner. And so this is God's plan for your life. God wants you to be blessed, but you know what? You can't be blessed if you quit. God doesn't want you to quit. Go with me to Genesis 12. We're going to talk about God's plan in the area of blessing and how it pertains to us today. Am I doing okay this morning? Genesis 12. Well, we'll start with verse 1, read through 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to the land which I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And all and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families. All the families. All the families. Come on, somebody. All the families. Are you getting that? All the families. All the families shall be blessed because of the blessing of Abraham that God gave to Abraham. So the first thing that Abraham to do had to do is that he had to be obedient, didn't he? You know, God couldn't bless Abraham where he was. He had to get out of his own country. Why? Because the environment wasn't conducive. The environment wasn't conducive. There's too many, you know, there was inflation going on in this country. Gasoline prices were going up. People were talking about how the shelves were going empty on the stores. No, that wasn't happening during Abraham's time. But you know what? The same thing's happening today. He had to get himself from a, a place where they talked about the troubles instead of the blessings. That's why God said, get out of your country. Get out of there. They're hindering you. They're causing you to perceive yourself in a way that you can't receive from me. Get out of that country. Get, get away from there. Get away from your family. Get away from your father's house. To a land where I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Well, the Amplified Bible says, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Abundant increase of favors. So what is the blessing? The blessing is increase in favor. Amen. I'll take a little more favor. Amen. You know, I know that Dr. Jerry Savelle is called, you know, the preacher of favor or Mr. Favor. But you know what? I'm, I'm just a half a step behind him. Amen. I got favor on my life. You can have more favor. I want more favor. I desire more favor. And with the favor of God, I see the blessings of God. So this is what God wants. He wants us to have more favor. And make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Isn't it better to have more than it is to have less? Isn't it wonderful to get to a place where you got so much, you go, I need to give some of this away? Hmm? Come on, somebody. Isn't it wonderful? That's a great place to be. Isn't that a great problem to have? You have so much money that you don't know what to do with it. Oh, God, who should I give it to this time? Amen? Can you fathom that? Can you see yourself in that place? This is where God wants you. This is what the blessing's for. It's not necessarily for, the, for you to have more houses, even though that could be part of it. It's so that you can do more to expand the kingdom of God. What does Romans say? It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. And so when you do something good for somebody, what's it do? It opens their heart to receive at least your message about the love of God. And that's what you're doing. You're demonstrating. Aren't we going to be a witness? Isn't that what it said there in the last day? We will be a witness of the gospel? Well, what do you think the witness of a gospel is? Doing good. What do you think that's going to take for you to do good? The blessing of the Lord. And that's what God wants for your life. So how do we have these blessings in perilous times? Well, number one, you don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart get troubled. Don't let the circumstances, don't let what's going on in the news, don't let what other conspiracies are saying that's, that's happening bother you. Because my Bible says in Psalms 91, though a thousand fall on my side and ten thousand my right hand, none of these things shall come upon me. Amen? If I dwell in a secret place of the Most High, uh, you know, and, and, and dwell in a secret place of the Most High, you know, he'll be my fortress. He'll be my covering. He'll protect me. He'll watch over me. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, no evil shall befall me. Amen. Glory to God. 
That's God's promises. And he's watching over his word to perform it. And so what does the New Testament say about this blessing? Well, in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. So that, say that, so that the blessing of Abraham, what was the blessing of Abraham? So much favor and so much blessing that you can be a blessing to others. Wow, I like that. I like that. I like to be a blessing to other people. You know, the hardest thing for me in life was, you know, when Christmas time came around and I didn't have enough money to buy a decent present for my loved ones. That was so hard for me. But I want to let you know I'm not there anymore. Amen. 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 Glory to God. The hardest thing for me now at Christmas time is for my wife to say, you've given them enough. Glory to God. So the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Amplified Bible says it like this. To the end, this is verse 14, to the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Sounds like God wants the blessing of Abraham upon us. And what was that? That was an increase in favor. Isn't that right? All right. The Message Bible says it like this. Christ has redeemed us from self-defeating cursed life. Of what kind? Self-defeating. You know, the number one thing that defeats us is usually ourselves. Cursed life by absorbing it completely in themselves. Do you remember the scripture says, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for all non-Jews too. We all are able to receive God's life, his spirit in us, with us by just believing just the way Abraham received it. How did Abraham receive it? The Bible says he just believed it. He just chose to believe it. Psalms chapter 5, verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor and surround, it, surround him with the shield. In other words, the blessing and the favor of God is going to surround you. During these difficult times, it doesn't really matter what happens out there. We are surrounded by the shield of God's favor. Go with me to Psalms 1. Am I doing okay this morning? This is God's promise to us, Psalms 1. Blessed who is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Blessed is a man that's what? What does planet mean? That means someone who's consistent, doesn't it? Someone who says, I'm going to endure. Someone who says, I'm going to make this a lifestyle. I'm going to make this a lifestyle. I'm going to make the word of God a lifestyle. I'm going to make serving God a lifestyle. I'm going to make what God has for me a lifestyle. In the name of God translation, it says like this in verse 3. He is like a tree planted beside streams a tree that produces fruit in its season and whose leaves do not wither. He succeeds in everything he does. 
Don't you like that? Everything that you do, God wants you to be successful. Sounds like Deuteronomy 28 to me, doesn't it, to you? You know, everything you put your hands to shall prosper. Isaiah 61.3 says it's the planning of the Lord that he might be glorified. How is God glorified? When you make that commitment to the place that you can receive from him so that he can bless you. And that's how God's glorified. You know, other people, how are you making it? How are you doing it? God's making a way. You know, Vicki's testimony was when she was single. And one of the first things that God spoke to her as a single mom with two kids was to marry Tom Luther. No, that's not what she said. That's not what he spoke to her. But that was a good idea, wasn't it? Anyway, but uh, no, uh, God spoke to her at the time. And I'm telling you, folks, I knew her as a single mom with two kids. And I mean, it was really tough. I knew her as a mail clerk there in Dallas. That's when I first met her. And she was driving back and forth and going to Bible school and everything. You know, and in the natural, there's no way God was going to meet that need. A lifestyle. God made it a way for her. Now, she doesn't have to live from paycheck to paycheck. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You know, she says, honey, I'd like to buy a new blouse. I said, okay, I'll buy you a new blouse. I'll make that happen, you know. But we didn't, we weren't able to live that way when we first started. But yet we stayed consistent. And as we stayed consistent, God continued to bless us and bless us and bless us so that we can be a blessing to other, others. There is a planting, an unshakable commitment that will bless you and glorify the Lord. Psalms 33, 18 through 19, the Message Bible says it like this. Watch this. God's eye is on those who respect him, the ones who are looking for his love. He is ready to come rescue, come to their rescue in bad times. In lean times, he keeps his body and soul together. Does that sound like the blessing of the Lord working during difficult times? Absolutely it is. The Passion Translation says it like this. The eyes of the Lord are upon the weakest worshipers who love him. Those who wait in hope and expectation for the strong, steady love of God. God will deliver them from death, even the certain death of famine, with no one to help. In other words, God said, I'll do this. Well, aren't you fearful, Pastor? I am absolutely not fearful of anything. Because my God will make sure that all of your needs are met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Psalms 37, 18 through 19 says it like this in the Message Bible. God keeps track of the decent folk. What they do won't soon be forgotten. In hard times, in hard times, they'll hold their heads high. When the shelves are bare, they'll be full. When the, have we heard about shelves being bare? We certainly have, but ours will be full. Many are the affliction of the righteous. Psalms 34, 19 says, But the Lord delivers them out of them all. I know this by the Spirit of God in my own life, and I know it's true about your life too. There have been many attacks against you, but God has thwarted a many of them for you, and you didn't even know they were coming against you. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but God delivered you from those, those afflictions. He, he moved it out. His host, his heavenly host, that cloud of witness came in and stopped those attacks from coming against you. Some of them got through, but you knew what to do. You knew how to stand on the word of God and say, by faith, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. 
by faith I can withstand. And by faith, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And by faith, he's given me all power over the power of the enemy. By no means shall anything harm me. For my God's made me the head and not the tail, and above and not beneath. Well, this is, was the prophetic word for this year, and I want us to end strong. We started strong. We've had a word in this house every month. And so let's end strong. So I want us to remind you of the prophetic word that was spoken. 2022 will continue to be challenging but much better than the previous two years. There'll be a strong opposition from two distinct forces, light and darkness. Satan will do all that he can to lull God's people into a spiritual slumber so that he can keep them from enjoying God's best. But on the other hand, God, at the same time, will be drawing them to spend more quality time with him and his word so that they can remain strong and win every battle. The church will continue to feel the effects of growing pains. I like that. But through greater insight, revelation, and wisdom from God, it will enjoy some of its greatest victories. Glory to God. Have you enjoyed some victories? We certainly have, but there's some greater ones that are going on. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Thanks be unto God, which, all, which causes us to triumph always. God always makes his grace visible. He said to me, get ready to experience more of my favor. So get ready to experience more and more of the favor of God that will be visible to others. Not only to you, but visible to others. Get ready to experience more and more manifestation of God's favor. And once again, it will be visible for all to see. <clears throat> this gospel will be preached and be a what? A witness. God's favor is a witness of his gospel, isn't it? For all to see. Good things are on the horizon. More and more of your dreams and goals will come to pass in 2022. Stay overwhelmed with a gratitude to God for his faithfulness to you and never stop praising him for his goodness. Be courageous and continue to take steps of faith. Don't settle for remaining as you are. Be willing to step out in faith as God directs even when others have decided to play it safe. God wants you to tap into all of your potential. Don't, let, don't allow others to discourage you. Be willing to get out of your comfort zone. God has, made, God has much more in store for you. Stay focused. Stay positive. Always remembering that God is with you and God is for you and absolutely refuse to give up no matter what. That was one of the words that was spoken at the beginning of the year. Here's another one that was spoken. Unusual, extraordinary, supernatural provision. The number 20 in Hebrew represents an open hand, freely and provision, giving freely and provision. The number 22 in Hebrew represents disorder and chaos. So what year is it? 2022, the open hand of the Lord in a year of disorder and chaos. Isn't that powerful? I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. In the midst of more and more chaos and disorder, I will open my hand and freely give it to those who refuse to be shaken by it. They will receive provision in the midst of chaos. The number 20 also represents expectancy. So expect the hand of God to manifest on your behalf, even in the midst of disorder and chaos. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets, and you shall prosper. Wow, this is a year. And that's what Brother Jerry Savelle brought to us. This is a year of the open hand of God. And God spoke to me. He says, I shall do a new thing. 
I shall do a new thing. So there's the scripture again in Isaiah 43, I believe it's 43, 18. It says, forget the former things nor consider the things, for I shall do a new thing. It's going to take the open hand of God to do a new thing. And a new thing is something that we've never seen before. It's something God's, you know, it's not new to God, but it's something that we've never experienced from God. You know, and we think about revival, we think about, you know, the Azusa Street revival, we think about the Finley revival, we think about, you know, Second Great Awakening here in America, we think about the Rodney Howard Brown revival, we think about uh, Catherine Kuhlman's revival, or, and uh, 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 Marie Edder Wood, 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 Woodworth uh, revival and things like that. We, oh man, if we could just experience that. God said, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. I got something new. I got something new just for you. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. God's got something new just for you. Amen. No one's ever experienced before, but God has it just for you. It's the open hand year. It's the, uh, the year of the open hand of the Lord. And God's hand is open to you so you can experience his goodness like never before. Let's determine on this day, on this Sunday, October 9th, 2022, that we're going to finish the year strong and receive all that God has for our lives. Can I hear an amen in this house? So would you say this with me? I always like to make a confession after we've heard the word of God. Father God, today I choose to believe your word above all circumstances. I refuse to allow what is going on around me to stop me from receiving all that you have for me. I declare the grace of God is getting stronger and stronger in me, and I will finish my race strong. I take hold of your promises for me, and I declare... I will experience all that you have for my life in Jesus' name. Well, if you believe that, give the Lord a big shout in this place right now. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time. Remember, you are God's best.